You can have a seat. And I just want to talk a little bit about, I, I, I say this sometimes, and I'll keep saying it, that worship is not just what happens here on Sunday, uh, but we have the opportunity to worship every day. And, and I want to tell you a little bit about what's happened in the church, because this has been a crazy busy week here in the church, but it's been a really good week. And, and the worship isn't just singing up here, but the worship happens through the week. And so Monday we had uh, Monday night I had the opportunity to go to the Grief Share Dinner, and Grief Share is a program here that over several months people that are going through grief uh, join together, and um, Debbie Rudd and Wilmer Jones and several others lead that group, and Monday night was kind of the culmination of that group. And I just got to tell you, it was pretty awesome to see the love in that room and to see the way that God's love was being shared and proclaimed in that. And then, and then Tuesday night, we had our board and staff dinner where our, a lot of the leaders in the church gathered together, and we had fun, and we ate good food, but, but we spent some time focusing on Jesus as well and worshiping. And then Wednesday, we had an awesome program. I don't know if you guys know, but there's a daycare here that meets every day, and about 130-ish kids are in it. And actually, Sherry Reinflesh, would you wave? You don't have to stand up. I'm sorry to embarrass you, but, but she leads our daycare here here and is with us this morning. And um, yeah, and so Wednesday, we, we had uh, the four-year-olds were right here and they filled this, this platform and all the parents were out there and they gave us a Christmas program that was really awesome. And, and I got to tell you that, that the daycare is about worship. It's about praising God. It's about showing people Jesus Christ. And so I'm thankful for Sherry and all of her leadership and, and then Thursday, I, I'm sure there was something happening here. I wasn't a part of it. Um, but Friday, we had, we had two three-year-old programs here from our daycare. And once again, we got to see, you know, it, it just was really cool to be with the families. And I don't know if you're like me. I like to be in the Christmas spirit. And if I don't just get there naturally, I, I have to experience some things. So it was really cool for those four-year-olds and three-year-olds. They kind of led me into the Christmas spirit. And, and it was just a, a, a moment of praise to God as three and four-year-olds are singing God's praises uh, from our daycare. So how cool is that? And then Friday and Saturday, you heard if you were in here in pre-service, but, but we had our uh, family Christmas project or, or the Christmas project where years ago, God laid it on Linda Romer's heart, a woman in our church who's passed on, uh, laid it on her heart that there are people in our community that don't get to experience Christmas the way that, that a lot of us do. And so she felt called by God to start this, this program, and, and we used to do it on Christmas Eve, but it's changed through the years. And this year, Pastor Teresa did an incredible job, and it was Friday, Friday night and Saturday morning, and we had 17 different families uh, that came through and received gifts and got to hang out and, and hear the gospel message, and it was just a really cool event. So Pastor Teresa, thank you for all your hard work, and, and lots of stuff going on. So I just want you to understand that, uh, number one, God is working every day here. Worship is something we do every day. Number two, all of that happened because of God working in people's hearts. It's not just one person sitting at the top saying, let's do this, 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 this. It's God working in our hearts, showing us his love, and then helping us to love others that has made all that happen. And I am so thankful to be a part of a church uh, that loves well and loves our community. So, so I just want to praise God for what he's doing. Worship is much more than just Sunday morning. Uh, we're, we're continuing our series, He Changes Everything. And we're in our ninth week of the series. We've been working through the fruits of the Spirit. And so we're in Galatians chapter 5, and we finally, after nine weeks, have gotten to the very first fruit of the Spirit 
We've been through all the others. We're going all sorts of out of order in Advent and, and the fruits of the Spirit. But here we are in Galatians chapter 5. Would you stand with me? And I know usually I read and you just, you know, follow along. But if you don't mind, would you read with me? If you don't want to, that's fine. You can just look at the screen. But if you'll read with me, and, and listen, we stand because we believe that God wants to speak to us through his word today. And so as you read this along with me, my prayer is that the spirit will be working in your heart. So let's start in verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Praise God. You can have a seat. So we've worked all through this, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 here. It's a, it's a tangible picture of the things. When we talk about He changes everything, we're talking about the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of God through the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives to transform us. If you're a follower of Christ, you are filled with the Spirit, and you are being transformed into the image of God. And so every day you walk with Jesus, every day you keep in step with the Spirit, the Spirit's transforming you. And this is the picture of what it is. And, and this is, today we're talking about love. The word there is agape. Can we all just acknowledge that love is a complicated thing in our world? If you agree with that, just nod your head with me. Love is complicated in our world. But, but this is teaching us the Holy Spirit wants to work in our hearts and in our lives to teach us and to lead us to grow in agape love. This is God's perfect love. We see love everywhere. How many of you are into Netflix rom-coms like my wife? Anybody? Yeah, anybody caught up on all of them? They just keep, man, it was just that one section over there. <laughs> way, to, way to hold it down, guys. How many of you are into uh, Hallmark movies or the Hallmark movie that they keep making in different forms? <laughs> How many of you are into, all right, I, I know you guys, you know, are into something. How many of you are into sports? All right, how many of you like war movies? All right, I, I, how many of you listen to the radio? How many of you have social media? Have I gotten everyone? Has anyone not raised their hand? Tell me what you do, what you're into. Here's what I want to get to today. Love is complicated, and love is all over our world. Netflix rom-com, Netflix rom-coms, Hallmark movies, they're all about love. But you know what's crazy is war movies are almost always about love. Sports movies almost always have love in them. The football season this season, the NFL season, got hijacked by a relationship. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, every game you turn on, every game you turn on, they're talking about those two and showing pictures of them. It's, it's everywhere. But here's the problem. With all these different pictures of love... With all these imperfect pictures of love, it makes love really complicated for us. We all want to love, right? We all want to be loved, but, but it's complicated because we see so many, even from within our families or our friends, we see imperfect love. The Holy Spirit wants to teach us to grow agape love in our lives. How many of you have ever uh, had someone tell you they love you? And they didn't live it out very well. Anybody, all of us should probably raise our hand. Maybe it was when you were 10 years old and, and somebody told you they loved you or, and, and they didn't really love you. 
Or how many of you have ever told somebody, I know I'm making you raise your hand, you're getting workout, this is good, you're not just listening, you're working out. How many of you have ever told someone you loved them and then not loved them very well? Love is complicated, and it's tricky, and, 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 and we have to grow in it. I got to tell you, every once in a while, I'll get caught off guard by the word love. Like, I'll have friendships with, I had a friend in South Carolina, his name was, was Garrett, and we had just a cool relationship. We went and ate at the Mexican restaurant like three times a week, and, and way too much. <laughs> Go ahead and judge me, it's fine, I don't care, judge me. I ate Mexican restaurant way too much. But I had this friend Garrett, and we would always talk on the phone, and he would always end the conversations with, he'd always say, pieces, like peace out, you know, if you want to be religious about it, peace be with you. But he would say, pieces, and one day we talked, and he finished the conversation, and he said, all right, buddy, I love you. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> we, just, we just moved to a different realm here. Just this week, I had somebody who I've known for 20 years, and, and never once has the word love come up. And I, I was in a conversation with them, and they finished and said, all right, I love you. And I was just like, what? That, what this relationship has changed a little bit. Love is complicated, it, 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 we've got all these different pictures, but I got to tell you that there is real, perfect love. And, and in Christmas, we celebrate the coming of our Savior, and it's a story of love. It's real love. And so, so I want you to understand today three things. Number one, I want you to know that you're loved. I hope that when you walk out the doors of this church, and, and listen, God can speak to you in any way God wants to speak to you, but, but my hope is that when you walk out of the doors of this church, you know that you're loved, not just by somebody in your family, but by the Almighty God. Number two, I hope you know that God is inviting you into his love and calling you to love others. And I hope you know the third thing is that you, God's desire is for you to have life to the fullest, and that happens as we're transformed in love. So let's work through this. First off, Jesus came because God loves us. Let's look at 1 John chapter 4. You don't have to stand and read it with me. I'm just going to read it to you. 1 John 4 um, verse 9 says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is how God showed his agape love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one's ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So I want to tell you a wonderful love story. I want to tell you about a God who created everything, who is over and above everything, who loves you so much that he sent his one and only son. His one and only son. There, there's a movie that came out recently. It's one of the Marvel movies. I'm not going to tell you which one. I don't want to endorse movies, but, but there was a Marvel movie, and, and the beginning of the movie starts, and it's this guy, and he's crawling along, and he's miserable, and he's suffering, and he's lost everything and everyone in his life, and, and he's crawling along and just miserable and thinks he's about to die, and, and all of a sudden, he kind of sees an oasis, and he goes there, and, and he meets the God, the little G. I'm going to use this little G God. What I mean by that is not the real God, okay? If I say big G God, I'm talking about the one true God, the God we're here to worship. 
But, but he, he meets the little G God that he's worshipped all his life, and he says, finally I'm here, finally I can get the reward that, that I've had coming to me all this time. I've, I've suffered, I've struggled, and here I am, I can get my reward. And, and the God looks at him and says, you fool, there's no reward for you. You're just meant to worship me. I don't care about you. And, and, and in that moment, he says, but, but listen, if I'm gone, there's nobody else to worship you. And the God says, don't worry about it. Other people will come. There's other that will. And we get this picture of a little G God that really doesn't care one bit about this guy. Our world is full of examples of people that will love you, love you, if you earn it, if you're good enough. I want to tell you the story of a God that is over all and above all and in all and through all, the God that created everything, the, the moon and the stars, heaven and earth, everything, God created it all, and, and he's God. And he chose to take on flesh. You guys know flesh isn't always fun, right? To have, like being a person, a human, isn't always fun. He became a human, Sometimes it hurts. You guys hurt sometimes, don't you? Guess what gets to happen this week, what I, what I get to do this week? I get to get a root canal done on Wednesday. Isn't that fun? Have any of you had, ever had a root canal? I get to have a root canal on the same tooth that I already had a root canal on. And, and so I'm not excited about that I have to go through that. Every once in a while, I wake up in the morning and I just think, oh man, my back hurts. Some of you young people, you don't get this yet, but one day... You, you'll get it, and you'll wake up, and you'll just think, man, being a human hurts sometimes, and we're fragile, and we're broken. I want you to hear this. The God that created everything, he didn't have to. The God that created everything chose to send his one and only son to take on flesh, to become one of us, because he loves us. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son. It's the greatest gift you'll ever receive, the gift of Jesus Christ. You'll get some gifts this year. I hope you get some good ones. But the greatest gift you can ever get is the gift of Jesus Christ that was given to you by a God that agape loves you. I got four boys. If you didn't know that, I, I know I talk about them way too much, but, but this week, uh, my fourth boy, I, I have little opportunities with each one of them. They're all into different things, but, but my fourth one, Jack, every morning, uh, Monday through Friday, I get all the kids to where they're going. Megan takes one of them, but, but I'm getting the kids on the bus and taking them, and every morning I have to take Eli to school. And, and so I leave with Eli about 7.45, and then I usually get back about 8.10, and, and it's just Jack and I there. And so I have about 30 minutes with Jack until I have to put him on the bus, walk him down to the bus stop. Every day, almost every day, if not every day, Jack asks me the same question. He says, will you get me Chick-fil-A on the way home? <laughs> almost every day, if not every day, Jack says, will you please get me Chick-fil-A, chicken minis on the way home? All right, confession time three times this week. <laughs> you can ju I, I don't care. Judge me all you want. I really don't care. Three times this week, I stopped and got him Chick-fil-A. Why? Because Chick-fil-A was giving away free things this week. And if you didn't have the app or didn't look at it, you blew it. You missed it. There was a lot of free food. But three times this week, I stopped and got him Chick-fil-A. Not healthy. I don't do that every week. You know why I did that? Because I love him. And it is my privilege 
to treat my son to good things. Here's the thing, though. In our house, I'm sure you guys have experienced this before, but in our house, every once in a while, the kids are just rotten. I mean, they just don't behave, and they're nasty, and they'll say, you know, they'll be rotten to each other. They'll yell at each other. They'll say mean things to me, and then they'll say, hey, can we get Chick-fil-A? What do you think I say when they, <laughs> no, <laughs> you haven't earned it. You don't deserve it. No way I'm getting you Chick-fil-A. I'm going to make you eat Taco Bell. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. That's a joke, guys. I don't. But, but, <laughs> but I love to get my son Chick-fil-A. I love to treat him. Can I tell you that, that, that the God of the universe became flesh, took on flesh because he loves you? And can I make the love story even a little bit better? That you didn't do a thing to deserve it? In fact, you did a lot of things to not deserve it. The scripture here tells us, it says, um, before, before he came to his own, but they didn't accept him, before we ever loved him, not that we loved him, but he loved us. In other words, Jesus came to this earth, he took on flesh, the greatest gift you'll ever receive, and you didn't earn it. And guess what? There's nothing you can do to earn it before you ever. And guess what? When Jesus came, John chapter 1 tells us that he came to his own because he loved us, and his own rejected him. Eventually, you know that, that his own people put him on a cross to die. But he came knowing that would happen because he loves us. I, I want to say this again. There is nothing that you have done or can ever do to deserve God's love and salvation but good news today, he gives it to you freely because he loves you. He came for you. So I told you the first thing, I, I, not all the points are going to be this long, but the first thing is this. I want you to walk away from here knowing that you're loved. And I know that some of you may not hear that you're loved very often. Maybe, maybe you got some tough relationships in your life. Maybe you've experienced some real brokenness from people that you thought loved you. Maybe you've seen some really broken examples of love. The God of the universe sent his one and only son to take on flesh because he loves you. I want you, let's do an exercise real quick. We're going to get through this, I promise. We'll be here until about 2.30, but we're going to get through it. Um, just for a minute, I don't mean to bring down the mood, but just for a minute, I want you to think, I promise you I won't make you say this to anyone else. You're keeping this to yourself, but I want you to think of the worst things you've ever done. I want you to think of those moments in your life where you did things that you absolutely are ashamed of. Listen to this. John 3, 16 and 17 says this, For God so loved Agape loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Listen to verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, what we deserved, but to save the world through him. You can't earn it. You haven't earned it. In fact, Jesus came because God loves you even when God knew, even when Jesus knew that you were working in the opposite direction. It's not just that you haven't done anything to earn it, it's that you've done things to, to go the opposite way. God's response to our sin and selfishness was to send us Jesus. 
Please know you're loved. And in this series, we're talking about how he changes everything. And sometimes in Christmas, we think about something that happened a couple thousand years ago. And I I want you to get this. That one act was God showing us how much he loves us. But I want you to hear this, that if you are a follower of Christ, you are filled with the Spirit. And God today wants to show you how much he loves you. On Tuesday, I asked in staff meeting, I, I said, hey, how have you seen God's love for you? What has God done? And we got all these different answers. One of the people in staff meeting just said, there was a day that I just really, I didn't have time to get coffee and I was just struggling. And one of the other people here called and said, hey, can I get you coffee? They didn't know it, but the Holy Spirit prompted that person, at least that's what the person believes, that the Holy Spirit prompted that person to come and bring them coffee. And and that person said in that moment, even that little thing, I knew God loved me. I shared with the staff, most of the time for me, it's in my lowest moments and my hardest moments when I just am down and out. And God has been so faithful and consistent through my life to pick me up and to say, I love you. God loves you more than you will ever know. If you're struggling today and you don't feel loved, can I give you a real simple thing to do? Just ask him. Say, God, show me your love because I promise you it's not just that Jesus came 2,000 years ago to show us God's love. The Holy Spirit wants to show you God's love today and tomorrow and the next day. So number one, know that you're loved. Number two, Not only are you loved, but you're invited into God's love. You're invited. Jesus not only came to show God's love for us, but he came as an example. He is our example of agape love. So you are loved by God, but you're also invited into that love. It says in verse 11, dear friends, since God agape loved us, we also ought to agape love one another. We're invited to love each other with the same love that we see in the birth of Christ. We're invited in. We get to participate in it. We get to love each other that way. And and we can all admit that sometimes we don't do so, so good of a job at that. Sometimes the church hasn't been so good at agape loving others. And maybe you've experienced that. But God's plan, God's desire is not only to show you how much he loves you, but to fill you with his love and to teach you how to love each other. You shouldn't just be feeling today that God loves you. You should be experiencing that God's people love you because God wants to transform our hearts and grow agape love. And so I just want to say this. I, I didn't have this in the notes, but in first service, I I just really felt like God impressed this on my heart. I know that some of you have seen some pretty broken examples of love from people that called themselves Christians. I am so sorry. But the creator God loves you. And his design and his plan is that we, as his followers, will be filled with his love and transformed by his love and that we would love each other. If I ever fail to love you with agape love, call me on it. 
Because God's transforming my heart. Here's the deal. We talked earlier about all of us have heard people say, I love you, and they haven't done it. All of us have said, I love you, and, and not done it. And, and the truth is, sometimes we, we really do love each other, but we love with an imperfect love. Because we've seen it over and over again. I think of baby Nirvana, who we walked around. I remember each of my kids being born, and in that moment, I thought, oh, I love this kid so much. I had this feeling that I had this perfect love for my kids, but guess what? Here we are a decade later, or seven or nine or 12 or 15 years later. That's how long. There's the ages. There you go. And you know what? I've learned to love them more and more. My love the day they were born, I thought it was great. It wasn't perfect. 19 years ago, I stand, stood right here, maybe, maybe right here, I don't think this was here 19 years ago, but I stood right here with my wife, and, and I, I thought that we had it figured out, and we loved each other, we really did, we loved each other with everything we had, but guess what, our love wasn't perfect, and over time, we've grown, and guess what, I'm, I'm still not there. I'm still not perfect at loving my kids or my wife or any of you, but God is transforming our hearts. Not only do we receive God's love in Christ, but the Holy Spirit wants to teach us to love God in others. Let me, let me show you how this works, just with a, a quick story. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. If you've been to a wedding, you've probably heard it read, and um, I, I usually use it in, in, in the counseling stage or in the wedding at some point, we talk about 1 Corinthians 13 because once again, 1 Corinthians 13 says this, it says, love, agape, love, is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. Can I be honest with you and tell you that in, in the last few weeks, I had a situation where I felt somebody else had done me wrong, and I struggled to love them with agape love. I felt that that person had done me wrong, and, and all day, so Megan always, the number one question Megan asked me more than any other question is, are you mad at me? And I say, no, it's just that God created my face this way, and I'm just kind of ugly, and that's what it looks like, but I'm not mad at you. But I got to tell you that this moment in the last few weeks, I, I was upset. And it, it changed. I, I'm sure it showed. And all day and all night, I, I was mad. I was upset. And, and as I got ready to go to bed that night, I, I got ready and I went in. And as I often do, I, I pulled out the Bible on my phone and started reading. And I, and I came to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And it says, love... Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. And right there, all day, all night, I'm upset. I'm bitter. If I could, I would walk around like this, like my kids do, with a frown. All day. And right in that moment, the Holy Spirit said, you are called to agape love. And agape love is not easily angered. And in that moment, I had freedom. 
And I said, all right, I'm not going to be angry. I'm done. And I slept well. And guess what? The next day, everything was so much better because the Holy Spirit is transforming me. Here's the problem, though. Can we get nitty-gritty here? We often like to take 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, and we like to turn it around on others. And we like to say, like, this is how you have to love me. I've sat at tables with people that have said, hey, I'm sorry, but that, they've quoted 1 Corinthians 13 and said, that person isn't loving me right. Let me read this again. It's patient. Love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. Listen to this next one. It keeps no record of wrongs. Here's the thing, if you're trying to use 1 Corinthians 13 to try to prove that other people don't deserve your love, you're missing the point. God wants to transform your heart to have that love for others. And I'm not saying that if someone's hurt you, that you have to let them hurt you over and over again. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is this, you are called to agape love, and that scripture is not a license for you to walk around to everyone else and say, you have to love me like this. It's a calling for you to love others like that. So number one, I hope you know your love today. The coming of Jesus Christ is because God loves you. Number two, I want you to know that you are called, you are invited in to God's love. And there's this song by uh, Bert, Bert Backrack, what has one of the best names ever. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. The third thing is this, we are called into God's love and, and that's what gives us life. What the world needs now is God's agape love. What we need in our brokenness is God's agape love. Not just love coming down from God, but love going out from us. Christ-like love helps us experience life. It says he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And, and yes, that means that we're saved from our sins so we can live and we can live eternally. But, but what it's really saying is that we're called to live. Not to be miserable, not to walk around with a bleak existence, but we're called to live. And because of his love and because of agape love transformed in us, we can live. It says if we love one another, God lives in us. And his love is made complete in us. All right, so I told you the story about me. Let me tell you another one real quick. I know we're getting late, but let me tell you another one. Just yesterday, this was a late add-in to the sermon. Just yesterday, Charlie, my third son, was here at the church and somebody did something wrong to him. And he came in to the room that I was sitting in and he walked in and he was mad and he was stomping around. He, had a, he actually had his arms folded and I said, Charlie, what's going on? And he just burst into tears because it, you know, it comes naturally to all of us Mahaffeys. And he burst into tears and he said, that person hurt me. And I said, Charlie, you got to let it go, man. They weren't trying to hurt you. And he said, no, I'm not letting it go. They hurt me. I said, come on, man. You guys were just playing. They didn't mean to hurt you. Just let it go. Just forgive them. No, I'm not going to forgive them. I'm going to get them back. And at that point, I just wrapped my arm tightly and I said, you're not going anywhere until <laughs> we resolve this. You're not going to get anyone back. But it, but it was amazing. For like five minutes, Charlie sat there 
frown out, arms crossed. No, I'm not, I'm not forgiving them. And I, I literally said, I, maybe this was not great fathering, but, but I literally said, Charlie, you are miserable to be around right now. I mean, you are just awful right now. What are you doing? Like, why are you so mad? Just let it go. It's nothing. And No. Here's the thing. We think that when we're turning everything around, we think that when we're not loving with agape love, that we're somehow hurting other people. You know what we're really doing? We're missing out on life. And eventually, through a little bribery, Charlie softened up, and he was able to move past it and forgive. And guess what? 30 minutes later, they're running through, happy, smiling, playing, and everything was great, and they were living again. God's desire for us is not to be miserable. Always think about how we're missing it. God's desire is that we would know his love we would be filled with his love and that we would love others. And when we do, we have life to the fullest. So worship team, come on up. The story of Jesus, the story of Christmas is all about love. It's the greatest love story ever. And it's your story. And it's my story. If there's anyone in here today that, man, you're just struggling because you don't feel loved, ask, ask God to show you his love. My prayer is that you will experience God's love, maybe in something big, maybe in something small, maybe in words you hear in a song or something that somebody says or something that somebody does for you. I pray today that every single one of you will know that you are loved by the Almighty God. Maybe some of you here today are struggling to agape love others. Maybe there's something you've been holding on to. Maybe you're kind of living with your arms crossed and your, you know, your bottom lip out and you're, you're, you're just kind of... You're struggling to agape love. Maybe you're struggling with patience. Maybe you're struggling to be kind. Maybe you're keeping record of wrongs. Listen, today I want you to know that God is not just telling you how much he loves you, but he invites you to love each other with that. And listen, God's plan is for his people to know his love, to feel his love, to be changed by the Spirit to love others. So my prayer is that God will transform your heart and make you a person of agape love and that as we leave this place in a couple minutes, the world around us will be changed through his love at work in us. Father, I pray you'd speak to us, Lord. If there's anyone in here that's struggling this morning, I pray that we would just surrender to you. If there's anyone in here that just needs to come and kneel on an altar, Lord, help them to be obedient to do that. If there's anyone in here that, that needs to just take some time and open their heart to you, if there's some bitterness or something in their life, Lord, Lord, you came to love each and every one of us. If there's anyone in here that feels unloved, Lord, I pray that you would show them your love today. Continue to transform us. Help us to be the people of agape love. And Lord, I pray that you would give us the life that you have for us. Your desire is not for us to live a broken and miserable life. Your desire is for us to have love and life in you. So I pray you'd speak to us. Help us to surrender everything right now. Continue to transform us. In Jesus' name, amen.